Yeah, there was something else I was going to say about it. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. If it comes back to you, guess what? Right. I edit this, right. so it's fine. Right. It's like the... Newsflash, this is edited. This is edited after <laughs> the fact. Jacqueline Perone? Sorry, pronounce Jacqueline Perone. That's Eva it. Perone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Spelled differently. Oh, differently. Um, <laughs> right. Not related. Okay. No relation. I don't think. Um, I get. Um, I get. Are you related to Marilyn Monroe all the time? And I'm like, that wasn't her. What a stretch. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Oh, yeah. that's a really good point. That was, that was, <laughs> anyway. um, do you just say yes sometimes? Yes, I have said yes. What do they so say? That's so cool. I love her. <laughs> it's usually some like weird guy, right? Like, oh, my first crush. Yeah. yeah or something. Oh, she's da, da, da. like, yep. Mm-hmm. We go way back. She's dead now, but that's yeah, cool. right. Auntie, Auntie Marilyn. You can check out Jacqueline's work at her website, Jacqueline Perone. J A C L Y N P E R R O N E dot com. You can also find a link to her Etsy shop, uh, and also you can find her at Instagram at Jacqueline Per. J A C L Y N P E R R. Right. You can also find a link to all of this information on my website in the blog post for this episode. So a couple of announcements. I will be at Artbeat this year, Davis Square, on July 13th, Saturday, July 15th. Come check it out. I will have bubbles and chalk and painting for the kids and some stuff for the adults too, so come and say hi. And also let me know what you think about the theme music because I don't know how I feel about it. I just kind of put it in there and I don't know if it's working. So if you have a strong opinion either way, let me know. Anyway, Jacqueline. Yes. Thanks so much for being here. No problem. Thanks um, for having me. So I met Jacqueline at um, SOS again. Yeah, Open Studios. Yeah. I feel like the last four guests I've had are open from Open Studios. You're a great networker. For sure. Yeah. Um, so... To get started, just sort of introduce yourself, uh, who are you, and describe your art as much as possible, because we all know that the best way to experience art is hearing somebody describe it on the radio. (laughs) Sure. So, yes, my name is Jacqueline. I am originally from the suburbs of New Jersey, like outside of New York City. So I grew up in that area. I lived there my whole life, uh, up until about a year and eight months or so ago, I moved to Somerville. So I've, in terms of art, I've been drawing my whole life since I was a a wee one. Um, And I started out as, as kids do, I suppose, like just kind of copying everything I saw. Cartoons, just drew everything I could get my hands on. Um, And then kind of kept drawing to the point now where I kind of developed my own um, kind of visual language around cityscapes. So I've been doing a lot of those. Um, kind of started in college when I had a senior thesis. I majored in, in, fine, in visual arts in college. Um, had a thesis show. And up to that point, I was still drawing pictures of cityscapes. And it was, so it was very representational. Um, and I was doing a, a show, so it was my thesis, and I wanted to do a large scale uh, paintings of the city. So at that point, I've been in New York City for maybe like three years or so, and I was just kind of so you're living in the city at that point? Yeah. Okay. I went to school uh, at Fordham in, oh, in Manhattan. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yep. So at that point, I was really inspired by New York City. I love buildings. I didn't really know that either because before that, I was living in New Jersey at home, right? And yeah. I was just, at that point, I was drawing um, 
different things. A lot of still representational art. Because um, I was coming out of high school, I had a lot of classes, um, a lot of figure still lifes. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it wasn't until college where I was really inspired by the city and architecture in general. And it got to a point towards the end of my senior year, I was making the show and I'm like, I have to, I got to stop looking at these photos. Like it's not capturing what I feel when I walk through the streets. Like I just, I need to do something else. And at that point I was working a lot in black and white, a lot of ink. So that was the first time I kind of just put the photos aside and just started drawing what was in my head. Um, and just kind of thinking about neighborhoods that I knew really well and just thinking about moments in time I was walking down a street and just the feeling I had whether and it kind of lent to this surreal kind of perspective in terms of like the buildings like they're kind of curving inward a lot of feelings of um, I felt pretty claustrophobic mm-hmm. a lot of the times um, especially at Fordham uh, at Lincoln Center is in amidst all of those huge buildings huge skyscrapers right so so since then, um, I've been working with cityscapes for a while now. Um, so the first incarnation of that was just ink, black and white. And then as the years have gone on, I've gotten um, more into color and less ink, like painting and more actual illustration. But there's also another cross section there where I do, I also am very inspired by nature. and. Mm-hmm. I also love camping, I love being outdoors, I love mountains, so there's a whole other side as well. When I go to paint with oil paints, I that's the cityscape like really intricate. If you see my art, there it's very um, detailed, intricate work, so oil paints don't really lend to that kind of detail. So mm-hmm. when I go for oil, I go for like the more sublime landscape kind of thing, I like blending colors and everything. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you Moved here from New York. Yes. I'm assuming for love or for work? For both. Okay. But also a third thing of just for change. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I moved to Boston 11 years ago. I literally, I'd never been here. I picked a place on the map. I didn't I didn't know anybody. I didn't have work. I just was like, I'm going to move somewhere else for a year. Sure. So I totally get that. Sure. And I'm still here. So that, That's good. Know. That's a good sign. But anyway, so can you sort of describe uh, like the art scene, I guess? I mean, very different places, obviously. Mm-hmm. One's a city, one's more of like a robust town. <laughs> Lowercase know? city, lowercase yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't have as much exposure it, at this moment than I would like. Um, the most exposure I've had what is through Open Studios. Mm. So, and also um, getting involved in that kind of learning that it is a small community and I really like that I I like small environments like that um so in New York though you know like in Brooklyn they have we have open studios in Brooklyn too but it's just like a different vibe like people from all over the world are going to that so it's very it has the air of highly competitive Mm. all the time um and whenever I did shows in New York it was very much a who you know like who's putting on a show that you know so it was a lot of it was who's putting on a show who needs art to be hung up on a wall? So being that I went to school for art, I had a lot of friends who liked art. So we would put on shows and that was great. Um, but towards the end of my time in New York, I didn't really, it wasn't really that involved in the capital A art scene. Mm-hmm. So I don't have much to, if anything, the vibe here is definitely different and it's more community focused. I feel like I could, I could, 
it feels more manageable to get involved in the art scene here. Yeah. It feels like it'll be easy to meet people and keep seeing the same people and feel more like I'm part of something mm-hmm. than I see a new person every <laughs> every yeah. day. You know what I mean? So, Did you feel like you had more of like a community of artists in New York versus here? I think... Um, for me, my for my personal experience, it was more of my friends and I made our own little group. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily part of the whole. I don't even know what the whole looks like. I yeah. feel like everyone just kind of separates into their little factions of whatever that means. And they put on like sh- shows and, you know, kind of one thing I was li- missing after art school was like that notion of critique. So trying to find ways to show art to other people. and mm-hmm. But here, um, yeah, I... I um, I'm kind of, I take a minute to kind of adjust to places, so I think now, you know, I'm getting getting married at the end of the summer. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. So, thanks. So, a lot of... Because you're the second person I've interviewed really? here that's getting married. So, one thing I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, one of the things that always shocks me a little bit about the art scene in, in Boston, um, Cambridge and Somerville, and also when I was doing my MFA, I did my MFA in Boston, and I was just... Like, so my, I'm, I'm married to an Indian man, um, I have two little brown kids, and um, most of my friends are through the Boston salsa scene, which is incredibly diverse. And so my surroundings are very Indian, very Latino, very, like, just a very, very diverse mix of people from, from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's how I always looked at Boston. And then I did my MFA, and I'm, like, in a room with... 12 other white writers with a white professor and I don't think I had one professor of color in my three years at Emerson and when I walked around open studios I went to almost every single one and I met maybe one person of color Mm -hmm. and it always it reminds me because Somerville Cambridge and Boston have these reputations of being these very white cities that are kind of like still dealing a little bit with like segregation self-segregation and all these things and it's just it's always so shocking to me because that's not my community here. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested if you have any thoughts on this coming maybe from New York and into this other community, which is very homogenous, very white. Has it affected you development as an artist? Because I know like for me personally, it definitely has affected, it's limited me as, a de- as for mm-hmm. my development as a writer. Interesting. In what way has it limited you? I write a great deal about um, the, the characters that I represent are not mostly not non-white, they're mostly Indian, they're mostly Latino and things like that. And I explore a lot of um, different concepts of race and um, um, immigration and, and sort of being like a minority in a space. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very conscious that I'm a white woman doing so. And it's, I would have benefited so much by having conversations and discussions around that with other artists who uh, of are from more diverse backgrounds. I, and I'm making a huge assumption that, that your community maybe in New York was more diverse than here, but... Um, it was. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's hard for me to speak to the, particularly to the art scene here, because again, I'm not yeah. totally ingrained in it yet. But I talk about this a lot, actually. I miss the diversity of New York City, like a lot. Yeah. Um, in terms of being inspired, the amount of art that you see there too, that is from all different backgrounds, perspectives, it's just so enriching. It's amazing. I, I, I miss that a lot. And there's, I've actually been struggling with that a lot. Um, it's been a really, it's been a tough transition 
for me personally. I mean, I lived in, in the city for 12 years and then again, I'm from right outside of it. So, and even in, in Brooklyn, just biking around, it's amazing all the different neighborhoods that you see in different mm. cultures, but from block to block, from like neighborhood to neighborhood. It's yeah. really incredible. And I think there's a vibrancy about that and it is always changing that it was kind of like I've been sprinting full force and then uh, just kind of stopped immediately mid sprint. And I've just been kind of like trying to figure out how to how to find that element of adrenaline here that yeah. I kind of had constantly. I mean, to the point where I was burnt out for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I got towards the end and I'm like, I definitely need to move. Like I'm kind of, I'm not making any, I've stopped making new friends. Like I'm going home a lot. I'm kind of really tired at the end of the day. I mean, I was working full time too in Manhattan and commuting from Brooklyn. So I was commuting an hour and a half plus every single day. And it was not a fun commute. Yeah. And so towards the end. Are there any? Like unless yeah, you're doing a zip line. In the beginning, for sure. <laughs> It was so the fun first, in the beginning. Yeah. Really? Oh God, for sure. In the beginning, you are commuting on a train. You're new to the city. You don't know mm-hmm. who you're gonna meet. Mm-hmm. You don't. There's so okay. many different people. Um, I didn't care how long the train ride took. I just, I just was fascinated by people in general. So I loved that. Um, and then towards the end, I was like, okay, all right, already, we get it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm happy that I'm here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been quite an adjustment, and I think that lack of, well. Maybe, is it a perceived lack of diversity? There's definitely a lack of diversity here. I, I always, just don't know where it is. It has I to be always somewhere. Thought, I always thought the whole Boston area, White City, obviously it has a troubled past that it kind of brings up. But I always sort of quantified that to like the sports scene. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure, and like sure. Southie and like different parts. And um, I always just thought it just this area just got a bad rap and it really wasn't until mm. I did my MFA and then now I'm starting to get a little bit more involved um, in the art scene, not only in Somerville and Cambridge, Cambridge is a little bit better, but, um, it, it's like I said, I mean, I probably met over a hundred people and two wow. were of color. Yeah. You know, so it, that's hard. That's a hard argument to, to say, but also, um, I know it really affects me and I don't think I obviously as a white woman, I don't get a lot of people don't really ask me a lot of questions about, um, race and diversity in this community. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and I know that you obviously moving from New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, especially just the the grocery stores. And mm. you know, one tiny little um, example is every grocery store that I went to in Brooklyn had this like Mexican like grilling cheese that is so freaking good. Mm. It's like super salty and it has like you can put it on the grill and it doesn't yeah. drip. It's like perfect. Oh, so I queso was, blanco or something. Yeah, like yeah. It's oh, like okay. yeah. And it said like it says like on the package like grilling cheese. I'm like yes, and I remember I was doing a barbecue here, and I'm like I have to get some of that cheese. And I went yeah. to like I try I try to find it, and I'm like oh man, where is that? Yeah. <laughs> where do I go to find this cheese? Like I have to find the neighborhood, I guess. Yeah, like, that East was Boston. really bizarre. Or not East Boston, East Somerville. So that was Somewhere just like a there, little yeah. tiny. I took that for granted. I think for sure that was one of those little moments. Um, but uh, okay. So um, I know you sell your art. Where and how do you sell your art? So if it's not selling originals, which is through usually um, my personal network, whether that is someone I know from way back when, they commission a piece, um, I'm selling prints on Etsy. So that was that's just a big one big experiment that mm-hmm. I'm running. Um, I had a lot of questions about either, well, how to do it, 
what size prints people are into. Um, well, when when did you start your your store? Like, when did you launch it? I launched it uh, December of last year. Last year. So it's going on almost a year. So you launched it in December of last year. I did. When did you decide you were going to make mm-hmm. the, the store and start prepping for it? I decided, I, I've always wanted to make prints of my artwork. That was actually something from like a long time ago. I thought it'd be cool to see how that would work. Um, but I never, especially in, in Brooklyn, I never made the time to really mm. explore that. So once I got here, actually last Open Studios was my first, my first experiment was there. I was like, I'm gonna, I have some digital paintings that I made on my iPad. And I really like them and they're very, they're very close to what, to my style. Like it was, um, and I was like, I wonder if people would buy this. Mm. So my first experiment with Open Studios last year was, I'm gonna go to a print shop. I found one, Repro Graphics. They are freaking awesome. Anyway, so I went there, I I printed out some stuff and then I just, I sold them. And a lot of them sold, most of them sold. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is like step one. People would buy this. So yeah. now I'm like, this is giving me enough inspiration to what start What was your Etsy price shop. point? Like, how big were they? What was your price point? So they were 9 by 12. Okay. And the first, that was another experiment. How much would they pay, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, let me try it. First thing I'm going to do is do individually. Maybe, I don't even remember what they were individually, I, I, to be honest. Um, I think I maybe started at 20 bucks. Okay. And then, no way. Plus, I only plus I only t- took cash at the, at the time, oh, so that's yeah, also yeah. a difficult thing. Yeah. Plus, who has cash? Right, and plus yeah. they aren't small enough to put in your bag. So yeah. like now you're committing to holding a thing. Yeah. And plus I didn't have bags anyway. So that was the thing. There's <laughs> all factors. Are you going to charge an extra ten cents? Oh, yes. <laughs> one in the bag. Okay. Good. <laughs> yes. Um, so that was the first thing, and then that wasn't that wasn't happening. So now I was like, okay, now time to do two for something. Mm. So I was like, let me try that. I maybe two for two for 20 or something or like I, I forgot kind of how I landed on this but I think after a couple of trial and errors I landed on one for like one for 15 like two for 20 yeah something okay. like that and then that's when they started to to, mm. to go and I was like okay that makes sense good to know plus I wanted to get rid of them so I'm like great take them take them right <laughs> So that was good. So that gave me the inspiration and some confidence to start an Etsy shop, which again, I've been wanting to do forever. I mean, I made the account years ago, but mm-hmm. I never followed through because there was a lot of barriers in my mind. There were, I need someone to take photos of my art. I got to tinker with it, make sure they look good. And I'm kind of OCD with this stuff. Like I'm very um, detail oriented. Mm-hmm. So that sounded like a my worst nightmare yeah. to like, especially, especially it's my stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to be objective. <sighs> And you see everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. So at that point, I was like, time to start the Etsy shop. So my fiance is a really good friend. She's a professional photographer. So I texted her the day after Open Studios. And I was like, if I bring all my art, all my paintings, my drawings to your studio, can you take photos of them for me? And I'll pay you. <laughs> and so she's like, yes. She did it for free, though. She's oh, so sweet. Nice. Yeah. So I just I just took everything off the wall. I had drawings um yeah paintings pastels watercolors and i just put them in my car and drove to her studio and she took pictures of everything like really high res wow like amazing photos again yes lighting and she has like (laughs) all these hookups with her computer of like changing the light profile and i'm like you're this is incredible so then from that i had all these high res images and then i was like it's time okay i have i have this stuff now now it's a matter of me cropping them, figuring out, you know, like the borders and stuff. I did so much research, like on 
What size border do you put around a print? Do you make the bottom border a little bit larger? Mm. When do you sign a print? What kind of paper should I use? And I started going around um, art shops, you know, on vacation or just in general. I'd pop in and see artists had prints. Yeah. Like, how are they packaging these prints? What are they putting? Are they, are they in plastic sleeves? What kind of plastic sleeves? Like, yeah. <laughs> what is the what are the labels behind, like, on the mat board? What are the qualities of this print? Is it archival? Mm. Is it, is it um, Z-clay? It's actually French for to spray, which is like pigment ink, okay. meaning this ink is archival. Like, okay, I'm like, archival sounds really cool. I feel like that should be a selling. I feel like yeah. for a price point to find, I, I, you know, people love that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Like, oh, this will last for 500 years. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to go big or go home, you know? Yeah. So I researched printers, which printers do this kind of printing with mm-hmm. pigment inks. And not, you know, inkjet or laser, mm-hmm. but, like, literally spraying the paper with ink. <laughs> and so I found a paper company through Googling called Red River Paper, which I highly, highly recommend. Um, they have attributes on all their papers. Well, I ordered samples from them first. And then I sat with two kits, and I felt every piece of paper and held the, felt the weight. And then I found a paper I really liked. And they have attributes of, is it museum grade? Is it archival? And archival paper is just, you know, acid-free. Yeah. So there's that. And then my ink was also um, pigment, so it was acid-free. And so I'm like, I'm good to go. These are legit archival. Mm-hmm. So I just started printing a ton. And, like, my next thing was, okay, Etsy, I need to figure out how the keywords work and SEO. SEO, yeah. So I did research on that. And okay. I was like, so this is a lot of prep work before. So, again, mm-hmm. I started in So it's essentially May. five, six months of prep work because Open Studio is early May. You st- opened in December, right? It yeah. took me a while um, because I also wrote descriptions. I was oh. like, what do people look for in a description yeah. for an Etsy product? I went on Etsy and I did research there. I was looking mm-hmm. up artists I really liked. I was looking at what they wrote in terms of how to describe their prints. I found little copyright lines that I just copied yeah. and I just grabbed, you know, like, oh, that sounds good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read what kind of bullet points they used to describe, you know, how it was printed. Like, I seriously, but that's kind of also my industry. I'm in product design. I'm in mm-hmm. kind of this tech world. And so that's kind of where my other head, my other brain is at. So I researched keywords and tags, and I the next thing I was like, sizes. What sizes do I? I'm like, well, I'm going to just offer one to start, 8 by 10 and then I rolled out 11 by 14 It would be like mm-hmm. a month later. And that's the only two sizes I offer right now at the moment. Okay. Because I have a, I also had to write my bio. There's so many roadblocks I had, and not to discourage anyone, but for yeah. me, like, yeah. I, I wanted to make sure that when I did this, it, I felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. And then finally in December, I opened it. And that was a huge relief because I've been wanting to do it for so long. And um, I mean, I would do it all, I'd work on it all the time. I'd have like plane rides. And I would mm-hmm. just write out descriptions of prints. And because I read, you know, they should kind of be a little, like, speak a little personal, like, kind of what inspired you to make this image and all that yeah. stuff. Well, I mean, people look to art to feel emotion, right? So it helps if that's represented in the description. Yeah, absolutely. The <laughs> thing is that you don't have to do any of this stuff. Yeah. Like, you don't have to, right? Like, sometimes people are just drawn to the image. My, my next thing, but one thing I've learned in building and designing products like software is you just do a little at a time. You just kind of start yeah. small. So my starting small was only offering a couple sizes of paper and letting a customer ask me for a size and then seeing if that would happen. Maybe mm-hmm. everyone's asking for a five by seven. Like, okay, cool. That's good to know. You yeah. know, 
So okay. I got hit that benchmark, and it was December. It was the end of the year. I did like a holiday market, and I was like pretty burnt out towards the end of the yeah. year. And then I was like, okay, I need to take a break. And when I come back to Etsy, I will now promote. I will do all I can to promote this stuff now because you got to pay to play a little bit. Yep. That's like the only thing. So because I, I my SEO has gotten me into a lot of searches, and I have a lot of people who visit the shop. Okay. So that's the other thing too. Trying to figure out at what point do people convert? Yeah. To yeah. buying something. Spoken like a true software person. <laughs> I really do. Like when yeah. someone messages me, um, I ask them. And they ask me, "Hey, do you have this in, in this size? Because it's sold out for eight by ten or whatever." I'm like, "Yeah, I can. To- yes. Um, just out of curiosity, like what." What factors play into your decision on like what size to what size to buy? Yeah, because I'm curious if it's price. Mm, okay. Because I don't know how much, so I just kind of copying what other artists are doing on Etsy okay. in terms of how much to sell these for. So I had asked someone that, and, and they were like, "Well, I actually I like the smaller ones because I have like a wall that I made that's a huge full on gallery of things, so it's mm-hmm. easier to kind of slot smaller things yeah. together." I, I yeah. will say that in terms of like an artist's building up your personal brand. Um, mm. For me, I it's been really helpful. So I design my business cards and I have a look and feel to them. I have a font, I have some color, I have a, like a color scheme, I have kind of like, and that I've used, I've used that to make decisions throughout the rest of like the collateral of mm. website, mm-hmm. of Etsy. So it's been really helpful to have kind of like a, um, a one true source in a way yeah. of like branding. Um, because I think consistency is really important. But for me, a lot of this has been a lot of prep and just kind of ramp up to a point where I can start really trying to sell. And I'm not even quite sure what my, I think some, some advice for someone who wants to do this is setting goals, like achievable goals for yourself. Maybe something every three months, every like every quarter, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, for me, my goal last year was open that shop. It didn't go beyond promoting. I mean, sorry, it didn't go beyond that. I didn't yeah. include promoting there. Yeah. My goal this year is to promote it, but I think I'm probably not going to get to that until maybe like October. Which is perfect because it's a holiday season. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have two. Exactly. So at that point, that's that's fine. But just, you know, not being so hard on yourself. I think that's also like some advice because that's really easy to do. Yeah. Oh, yes. Defeatist, but yourself. Being afraid of failure, whatever. Um, You're putting yourself out there. Right. Which in is a hard way. to do. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. hard you talked about goals, right? So why are you doing the Etsy shop? Do you have an expectation that you're one day going to like quit your job and do art full time? I've always kind of played around with that idea. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that would look like. So I haven't, I, I can imagine if I, so my current job, I've been there for a few years. I really love it. Like I love what I do. It's like, so I'm also very spoiled. It's like a really amazing consultancy. So um, I think that once I leave that place, I'm going to take some time and figure that out. Mm. And actually, I, I, I'm more inclined to go the route of like opening a gallery or something mm. where it's like still that business aspect, which I really love. Yeah. But also just kind of meet, that would be a way to meet other artists and help give people opportunity, especially mm. when you're talking about in terms of diversity. Like yeah. if I could help in any kind of way and be kind of a conversation starter in some way, that would be really amazing. In terms of like, for me, it would be really cool if I put a ton of money and time (laughs) into Etsy and get a return from that. Um, I don't know if that's, I just, I really don't know. 
Mm. Um, I always had this weird, um, not weird, I'm sure this people can really relate to this, of a fear around if I make art my full-time thing, am I just going to hate it? Honestly, like, and I'm at this point, too, where I, I will only do it if I can really do whatever the F I want. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I will only do it, and that, I don't even know, that's, that's what I mean of, like, what does that even look like? But I, 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 I don't find, um, I'm not in this position anymore in, when I think about art where I need to, like, just do whatever commission that comes my way to make a living. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I respect the hell out of that. I think that that, is, that takes so much grit. And, like, I, I met an artist who, she's an amazing illustrator, and she only does client work. She does, like, client work. Like, that's what she does. And she is always so drained because you're just trying to, on demand, make things for people and try and get in their heads. And I'd rather just kind of stay in my own. <laughs> if you yeah. want to pay me to do that, I'd be, like, so into that. Um, <laughs> I, I have to kind of see how that would work if I didn't make any compromise. Mm-hmm. Is that even possible? I mean, yeah. some people do it. Yeah. I don't know. But I guess I will find out at some point. Are there things that, because um, you, you kind of already talked about the steps that you do, that you did before you opened it. Mm-hmm. Are there things that you had wished that you had done, that you wish that you had sort of focused on? Mm-hmm. Yes. There's one thing very big that I mm-hmm. wish that I didn't do was I had the, one of the big, for, firstly though, like if you're really trying to consider an Etsy shop or whatever, just go on Etsy and look at artists. Uh, profiles and look at pieces that you like on Etsy and start favoriting them and then start seeing the just to kind of get a feel for price points mm. for like how artists describe their work work that's similar to yours just kind of how they use their keywords yeah okay like just do some preliminary it's easy you're like on the couch watching TV just like scroll through Etsy and start favoriting stuff that's yeah. good that's really helpful to have but one thing the other there's a lot of binary choices I had to make whether it was like the size or the ink or the description the one biggest one was, do I do this to order? Do I print these to order or do I have a stash ready to go? Okay. And you... And I did, I have a stash ready to go. Okay. And <laughs> that, I have a lot of prints that are just sitting right now, like okay. under a desk, like in so a you bin. Wish, do you wish that you had done to I order wish to that start I did, at least? Yeah. Maybe? I, I think, I think that would have been, I think I, I made too many like, I, I was really trying to prepare for any scenario where someone put in an order at, like, 8 p.m. randomly on a Monday, which happens. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, yeah, I got to print this yeah. thing. And you also should, like, let it let it breathe a little bit and let it dry. There's, like, a whole, like, process to it. And I didn't want to necessarily be stuck doing that on a random evening. Does that make sense? Yeah, I want yeah. to just, like, prepare for it. Yeah. But I think I overprepared. <laughs> so... The only good thing, though, um, about that is that they're like I've been in. Um, so I've I've been selling prints. I sold prints at Open Studios this past year, and I sold prints at a holiday market um, mm. in December. Okay. So I had the inventory ready. Yeah. So at least like that's a positive thing for sure. Yeah. Like I had the inventory. I didn't have to like sit and print a bunch of stuff. But I don't know. That's kind of up to you if you want to do made to order or or mm. not. I think at least having at least having one of each print available to start would be good just to kind of ease into the because your friends and family are going to buy your stuff to start that's yeah. what happened with me <laughs> I yeah had my friends and orders. family listened to my stuff they were pretty much the yeah. first ones hello and I was like, right. yeah i had a ton of uh, orders the first month because it was all people all personal network their mm-hmm. friends and like mm-hmm. 
So in that case, I was happy to have that stuff ready. But yeah. now, now I just, again, I'm not promoting it actively, so I have so much stuff. Jacqueline, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was great. Um, you can check out more of Jacqueline's work at JacquelinePerone.com. I'm not going to try to spell it again. <laughs> um, you can also find links to her Etsy shop, and she's also at JacquelinePer, so mm-hmm. Jacqueline, P-E-R-R, on Instagram. Again, you can find links to all of her stuff on all of my stuff. Yes. So, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Audience, thank you for listening, and uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye.